Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, I Love My Dad, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva, on June 17, 2018. What a beautiful day, huh? Happy Father's Day, men. We're so excited that you're here this morning with us. Um, we've uh, started a journey going through a series called I Love My Church. And I want you to know I love my church. And I want to thank you for, for loving me because really the church is not the building. The church is the people, the God's people, God's children. And we are the church together united in Christ Jesus. And, and so I am so excited. I hope you've been blessed by the last couple of weeks. Pastor Allen and, and Pastor Jaylen, Jason uh, both shared a great message for us of encouragement and how we are a family and how we are to love one another. And we're going to continue this morning by just saying we love our dads. You know, because dads play such a, a great role in our lives. Um, my dad uh, died early. He was about 48 years old when he passed away. And, and so the moments that I had with him were very special. His life was an impact on me. And I know that my life as a dad is an impact on my kids. And there's some things that, that, that happened in my life uh, over the years that helped me to be a better dad. I always tell my kids and my family that, that they make me better. Uh, because I see them and I see the blessings of children and, and really it helps us to want to be better, right? Because we want our kids to be better. We want our kids to grow knowing Jesus and, and walking with Christ and having a faith of their own. And I know I have a, a great role to play with that. And I wanted to just share a few uh, kind of areas in my own life, how, how my role impacts my kids. And then after service, they're both here. So you can ask them if this is all true. Make sure I'm being legit with you here not lying to you. So, so there's a, some things that, that, that I do in my kid's life. One of them is that I teach them to, to fear God, right? I teach them how to have a reverence for God. If not, I put the fear of God in them, right? So that's my job as a dad to do that, right? We're the disciplinarians, you know. When dad talks, you know, it's better than E.F. Hutton, you know, all the kids listen. You know, it's so cute, and I'll just share a little intimate story. And I told my kids I was going to pick on them a little bit this morning. But when my kids were little, um, uh, I, would, I would go get my belt, okay? They'd get in trouble, and I'd go get my belt. But this, this was the cutest thing. My little girl, my Samantha, um, when I would get the belt, instead of running in fear, of having the fear of God in her, um, she would follow me all the way to the closet saying, but daddy, but daddy, but daddy. <laughs> you know, she, she was the attorney on behalf of her brother to make sure that uh, that belt uh, didn't really come out. And she did a pretty good job of it, you know. So I have a great role to play in my kid's life. You know, I'm the one that always played with my kids. Uh, my wife had the great privilege of being able to stay home with our kids uh, for the, about the first 10 years of uh, our kids' lives. And uh, so when I got home, mom was done. Right, moms? You're done, right? Um, so dad got them, and we'd go outside every night, and we'd play, we'd bounce around, we'd hop all over. But little did they know, they were actually in training. <laughs> you know, all those bear crawls and all those things, that wasn't just for fun. I was preparing them for sports. I'm just kidding. I wasn't. They did, they did, they did well in athletics, but I always played with them. That was my role. You know, another role that I played in their life is that whenever they needed advice, you know, when they, they just had kind of a serious moment, they, they would come to dad and they'd say, dad, you know, we, we, we need some advice. And, you know, and the good dad that I was, I would, I would just take them straight to their mom. 
<laughs> you know, because moms, I'm sorry, but you guys are good. <laughs> I try, but you know what, moms, you guys have a speed when it comes to that. I, I, I'll admit, I'll confess. The other men might not, but I do. But that's a role that I played in my kids' life, just helping them through those tough moments. And last but not least, I was the funny guy in the house. I know many of you guys don't believe that, but I, I, I had some pretty good jokes, you know. You know, the dad jokes, right? We love the dad jokes. We all kind of have had those, experienced those. Some of us in this room share them. In fact, I, I want to kind of prove to you guys this morning that I was the funny guy, and dads are really the funny guys in the lives of our families, okay? So I've invited some guys to come on up. Come on up, guys. And we're going to share with you some of our top dad jokes this morning. So we're going to give you some ammunition. Younger guys, you can take these if you want. You them wherever you want, however you want. Ladies, if you want to just kind of share these with us. But uh, all these gentlemen are going to share, and, and uh, I'm not going to introduce every one of them, but I'm going to let you kind of introduce yourselves, and then you just share your dad joke. Your best of the best, right here. Good morning. I'm Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks. So what did the buffalo tell his son when he was leaving for school? Bison. Bison. <laughs> That's a good one. Don't you love that? Come on. There should be a little more excited. Go ahead. So when Floyd asked me to come up with a dad joke, I wasn't sure what makes a dad joke. So uh, I thought about it a little bit, but then I realized what really when a joke becomes a dad joke is when it becomes a parent. Oh. Uh, <laughs> tell you, we got a, a million of them. I wrote mine down. <laughs> so while having their evening dinner together, a little girl looked up at her father and asked, Daddy, you're the boss in our family, right? The father was very pleased to hear it and confidently replied, yes, my little princess. The girl then continued, that's because mommy put you in charge, right? <laughs> <laughs> what did the cow say to the used car salesman? Moo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you call a dad that falls through the ice? A popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up for these men. See, that's just a little reminder to all of us how important our dads are in our lives. They tell us funny things. They play with us. They do all those great things that God intended them for, for them to do in our lives. And they do make a difference. Not only are they characters in our lives, but God wants us to be men of character. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about um, what God's Word says about uh, being uh, a person of godly character. So if you would, grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms, Psalms 112, and we're going to look at that whole passage. There's about 10 verses in this passage. It's a poem. Um, it's a beautiful poem, actually, and it gives us a kind of a, a reflection of what it is to, to live with, with godly character, and it applies to both men and women, young and old. Um, all of us can use this to apply to our lives to see how God wants us to live. But before we jump in there, I want to give you a couple of mine, all right? I got a couple of good ones for you. So, so I'm American when I go into the bathroom. I'm American when I go out of the bathroom. What am I when I'm in the bathroom? European, hey! Oh my gosh, I read that one this last week and I just, I laughed all by myself. I was just like dying, tears coming out of my eyes. I'm like, I gotta share that with everybody I can find. So all week long I was telling it to strangers. A few of them just looked at me like, all righty then, all right. But you gotta have fun, right dads? We gotta have fun. So if you want, I, I'll, I'll tell you another one. Uh, I've got kind of a, a paper joke if you want, if you want to hear that one. But uh, maybe I shouldn't. Never mind. It's terrible. 
Darn it. Come on, you guys got to be quicker than that. There's only like a few of us here, so you got to be quick on the reflexes. All right, well, let's pray, and then we'll open up God's Word, and we'll get serious this morning. Father, we thank you this morning for your love and for your grace. Father, you are our Heavenly Father, and we look to you because of your love for us. We come into your presence this morning in the name of Jesus because you've loved us. You've shown us love. You've given us love. And we're so grateful that we get to gather together to open up your word, to, to experience your presence, to know that you are Lord, that you are God, and that you are our Father. Lord, we look to you for guidance this morning. We pray your blessing upon every dad that's here, every dad that we know, Father, every man, because we know the role that you've created for them is so critical, so important to the world around us, to our children, to our families to our co-workers, to all the people that you've placed in our lives. Lord, help us to be people of godly character. Help us to be a people that you've created us to be, to love those around us, to love our church, to love our community, and to share the hope and the faith and the love that you've given each and every one of us. Lord, we look to you this morning, and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to read the whole passage together and then we'll kind of look at a few of the verses in here. So Psalm 112, starting in verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with a man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. See, what we see here is what all dads should be to their families. So you and I as dads, we should take this biblical wisdom and use it to be men of God, men of faith, the men that God created us to be. See, because it truly is a reflection of godly character and not just being a character. There's a, a few insights that I want to just share with us, encourage us with in the sense of not taking this as, as a judgment or, or let's beat up on our dads, but let's encourage each other as men to be the men that God has called us to be. See, the reality is that dads point us to faith. Our role as men is to point our families, to point those around us to a faith of their own. If you look again at verses 1 and 2, he says, Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's saying, praise God. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. And in verse 2, he says, his offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. See, I want us to, to really listen to these two verses well. Because these verses apply to every person that's in this room. See, blessed is the person who has a fear, a reverence for God. And it's not a, a fear of, oh my gosh, he's going to hurt me. But it's a reverence, reverence for his awesomeness, 
for his greatness, for his love. You know, the picture of a family, the picture of a, a parent to a child gives us a picture of us as children of God in regards to the reverence that we hold for our God. See, God loves us. He's inviting us into a deep, intimate, loving relationship. See, and he wants to hold us. He wants to be with us. He wants to walk with us. See, if we look at, at Genesis the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth so that he could do just that. So that he could walk among us, so that he can be in our presence, so that he could be a part of our lives in a way that was so intimate that sometimes we, we lose sight of or we forget. And I, and I think as a parent, we realize how much we truly love our kids. We look at our children and we say, oh my goodness, this is mine and I get to be a part of this. I get to be a part of their lives. But with that comes a great responsibility. Not only is it a privilege, but there's a responsibility for us to live a life that is reflective of who God created us to be. And you and I, we should have reverence for our God. We should bow down in praise and worship and come into the presence of God with joy and thanksgiving. And we should delight in God's commands. You know, it, 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 it interests me because... I struggle with this at times and I, and I do in my own life when I say this. I'm not pointing at someone else because, you know, when you think about the life that God has created for us, the, the commandments, the precepts that God has given us through his word, the things that he tells us in the ways that, that we should live, but yet we, we seem to choose our own ways. We seem to kind of go our own way and do our own thing because either it satisfies our own immediate need or it satisfies a desire that we have in our heart or a passion that we feel or it, it creates an opportunity for us to impress someone or, or look good to the world around us. We, we seem to choose kind of our own way. But in this passage, he says this. He says, the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. You have to ask yourself, well, what does that mean? So if, if I delight in God's commandment, what, what difference will that make in my life? Well, I truly believe if you live the life God created you to live, if you look at God's word and you live by his word, that your life will be so much better. So much greater. You, you'll find that peace. You'll find that comfort. You'll find that joy. You'll see that your family will, will work together in a way that it never worked together before. You know, I, I would always tell my kids when they were younger because they always had chores. It was cute because my son, he's a little guy. He's bigger than me now, thank goodness. But uh, he was a little guy when he was a little guy. And uh, his responsibility was to mow the lawn every week. So he was probably about fourth, fifth, sixth grade, maybe somewhere in there when, when he got his first lawnmower, you know, and uh, he was kind of like this, pushing it, you know, uh, you can picture, I'm still like this, so you know, but uh, so I kind of felt bad for him, and, and so I, I bought him a new lawnmower for his birthday, which just worked out real good, so it's self-propelled, so he's still like this, but at least it's a little easier, but they all had chores, they all had a responsibility, and he knew that every week he had to mow the lawn. He knew that, that his responsibilities were not only that and a few others, and he took on that responsibility and he did that part. But that doesn't mean to say that there was times when him and his sister came to us and said, we just don't want to do this. We, we just don't want to do our part. And then, of course, we 
we, you know, mom and dad as loving parents, we'd sit down and we'd have our little family meetings, you know, and, and we'd, we'd remind our kids, we'd say, hey, look, you know, when you do your part and, and we do our part, our family works together well. But if one of us doesn't do our part, then, then it kind of, there's a breakdown in the home, isn't there? So it's no different than in our relationship with God. There's, there's a breakdown when we as believers don't do our part, when we don't delight in the commands of God. But when we do, listen to what he says happens. He says his offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be what? Blessed. You know, I mean, you can, you can relate blessed with being happy. You, you can relate blessed with being fulfilled in this life, being satisfied with the things that God has given us. And all, all God asks is, he says, you know, trust me with this. Believe in me with this. Know that, that I will do everything in my part to care for you, to love you, to, to nurture you, to provide for you. I, I just need to do your, need to do your part. Because it will make a difference. The role that you play will make a difference. And so the, the thing that we do is we, we kind of listen to what God's word says and how we live this life. I, I just kind of want to offer you a couple of things to help us move towards that. Move towards being the people that God wants us to be. And the first thing that we see here is that we are to be generous. In verse 3 and 4 of our passage, he says, Wealth and riches are in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. See, you and I are wealthy. You and I have been given a whole lot. I know sometimes we, we open up our wallets or we look at our checkbooks and we think, you know, that's not true, Floyd. You know, I don't have any money. I don't have any riches. I don't have any gold. But see, our riches, the world's riches, aren't the same as God sees in his riches. See, you and I are blessed. We've been given. We have so much in this life. The very fact that we have breath today, that we are alive, is wealth. It's riches. It's godly riches. And he says that we are to be generous with these riches. We are to, to be a light in this world, a light that brightens up this world. And we are to give it all in the name of Jesus Christ. We are to share this. We are to be graceful. We are to be merciful. And we are to be righteous. And it's God's righteousness, righteousness in us and through us. This is how Jesus explains it in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Listen to this. This is a key part here. He says, Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, Jesus came to give us life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever comes to me will receive this gift, this eternal life, this life more abundant, this life that God created for every person in this room, every person I believe that he created. See, there's not an individual out there that God does not love. There's not a person out there that God does not love and is pursuing at this very moment. And you and I, in our part, all we, God asks us to do is to be generous, to be graceful, to be merciful, 
and to model a life that is a reflection of who Jesus Christ is, to be a light in this world. And so people, as people of faith, first and foremost, we must follow Jesus. And then not only do we follow Jesus, but we respond to the world just like Jesus asks us to, to be a light that gives life, to do these things that God has called us to do. And it just continues to bring life into this world. I want to ask you this morning, do do you believe that? And I I ask the question because I want to know if, if you believe that God has called you to a greater purpose. That there's more to this life than you just kind of doing your chores and you doing your thing and going to work every day, Monday through Friday or however your schedule is. Do you believe that God has called you to be generous? Do you believe that God has a purpose for your life? Male, female, young and old. I hope you believe that this morning. I hope you trust in that this morning. And if you do, I want to ask that each and every one of us would just take a step of faith and do what it says in the following verses and just simply be faithful. See, as we're generous, we have to continue to be faithful. Verses 6 and 7 says this. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph over his adversaries. You know, more today than ever before, Satan has waged a war on our families. It's evident. You watch a TV. My wife and I were scrolling through Netflix last night looking for a movie that we could watch. We started, we said, oh, here's a PG-13. We could probably get away with watching that one. Looks like it'd be a funny little romantic comedy. Within the first 10, 15 minutes, a war on the family. You know, honestly, we, we just turned it off. You know, we went back to our little cartoons. <laughs> and even those you have to be careful of today. That's why we have to be faithful. That's why we have to be committed. That's why we have to continue to love our family, regardless of the cost, regardless of what the world around us tells us. We have to be faithful because it is a blessing to others, because you and I will make a difference in each other's lives. And I tell you what, go back in the kids' area and look at all these wonderful little kids that we have. And that is why. That is why God calls us to be faithful because he loves his children and we should love them also. Men, we have to be men of faith. We have to be faithful. We have to be consistent and simply for the fact that our life matters. Your purpose, your calling, it matters to me. It matters to my kids. It matters to the people that are sitting next to you. It matters to the kids in the back. Your life matters. you will be the difference in someone else's life. See, God has shaped you to be dad. And he wants you to continue to to live faithfully in his presence. Well, when you stay this course, when you make that commitment to, to be faithful, to be generous, your life will do the following. And, and it's simple. It, it'll, it'll point us to wisdom. 
Dad, you, you help to point us to wisdom. Verses 9 and 10, he says this. He says, He is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. See, right there, I, I see victory. I see God saying, hey, hey guys, if you just fear me, if you have a reverence for me, if you listen to my commands, if you follow my word, and you do the things that I've asked you to do, the wicked will perish. They will fall away. And you will have victory. And I know at moments it doesn't feel like that. I know at moments it's hard and it's struggle and we all kind of deal with those emotions and everything that this life brings, the struggle of can I or can't I, should I or shouldn't I. But I want you to know that, that there is victory, victory in Jesus. See, again, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundant. He said, I, don't, I didn't create you just for this but I created you for this. He has so much more for us as his children. And I think that, that, that verse 9, it, just, it points our family to a knowledge of the life that is lived for the glory of God. And it's not just by our words, but it's by our deeds. It's by our action. Do you see all the activity here? It says that he distributes freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. I love what it says in a different version and how it says this in the NLT, which is the new Latino translation, which all of you guys already know by now. It's a little simpler for us Latinos. He, he just says they, they share freely. They, they give generously to those that are in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. And I love this last part. Their influence, they will have influence and honor. You know what's interesting is men, the Bible tells us this too. If you look at 1 Corinthians in the essence of, of how wives are supposed to respond to us as men, right? And, and God knows this because he knows what we want as men. But it says wives are to respect their husbands, correct? And, and the men are to, to love their wives like Christ has loved the church. Sacrificing and doing all the things that Christ did for you and I as the body of Christ, as the church that he loves so dearly. But as men... We want to have influence and we want to have honor. We want to have respect. And God's telling us here, if we live as men of godly biblical character, that will all happen naturally. See, because people will see in our lives something different. People will watch us and wonder why. Even to the extreme, I believe that they'll actually ask you the question, what is the difference in your life? Why is it so? And whatever you have, whatever you're, you're doing, I want that too. And he tells us here in our passage today in Psalm 112 that our children will look upon us and they'll carry on that blessing. It'll be a generation, a generation, and a generation of blessing. See, your lives matter. Your lives make a difference. You make a difference. Dad, 
Dads, we love you. And we praise God for you. I'm thankful for my dad. My dad had a hard life. He grew up in, in a tough environment. He grew up not knowing how to love the way I needed to be loved. But I tell you what, my dad loved me. He loved me the best way he could. He loved me in a way that I knew he loved me. Dads, you and I, we have a role to play in our kids' lives. We have a role to play in this world. And you and I have to make the commitment to not only point those around us to faith, but also point them to biblical knowledge, to a knowledge and an understanding of wisdom of a godly life, a godly life that's reflective of the character of God. See, and that's, that's wisdom. When we take the knowledge and the understanding and we apply it to our lives and we actually live it out, we're actually doing the things that we're preaching, that's when we become men of godly character. So this morning as we close, I just want to ask you to, to take a step of faith. Be willing to, to just love your kids. Be willing to love your wife like Christ loved the church. Be willing to do whatever it takes to reflect the character and the image of God in the world around us. And know and believe and trust that you will make a difference, that your life matters, and that you are important. Dads, we love you. Will you pray with me? I'm going to close, and I just want to read this passage as a reminder. It's the heart of this series. And Jesus says this in John 13, 34, with your eyes closed and your heads bowed. He says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. I love my church, and we love our dads. Father, we thank you so much for your love and for your grace. We thank you so much for all that you are in our lives. Lord, you've done so much for us. You've given so freely. You've given so generously. And you've been so faithful to us, Father, even when we were faithless. Father, I pray right now that you would speak to our hearts, that your spirit would stir us, Father, and move us to a place to when we leave here, Father, that we don't just remain idle or quiet about it, but that we would go into this world and we would be a light in a dark world and that we would share the light of Jesus Christ Lord that we would love those around us that we would encourage them and remind them of how important they are to you and how important they are to us Father every person matters to you we matter to you Lord I thank you for all the fathers out there all the dads that just love so generously that give so generously that have just committed to their families and, and made it just, just, just a commitment, Father, that whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's hard, whether they should or they shouldn't, that they always will. Father, I pray your blessing upon these men. I pray that you would guide them, that you would speak to them, that you would help them to be those spiritual leaders in their families' lives. Father, I pray for this church and just all that you're doing in so many lives, Father. I pray that you guide us and lead us in every way. Lord, in just a, a few moments, we're going to sing a song of your praise. We're going to give you glory and thank you for this love that you've given us, this love that constantly pursues us, Father. But as we do that, Father, we're also going to give back, Father. We're going to give our offering to you. And it's an offering 
because of a response. It's a reminder that everything is created and belongs to you, Father. And we give our first fruits. We give to you because you've given to us first. We believe in you and we trust in you. And we pray that you would bless this offering, that you would use these dollars, these resources, Father, so that we could be a light in this world, that we could bless the world around us, and that we could help others come to a faith of their own. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've done, and all that you will continue to do. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.